We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and it is time for yet another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM in lovely downtown Halifax, which is a little bit snowy right now, so if you're on the road, do be careful. We'll get some more weather facts um, about halfway through the show. And uh, before I get to what's new at Low Bias Gaming, there's something new here. I have a bit of a player too in the studio with me. Uh, her name is Blazewing. Say hello. Hello. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem at all. Uh, so she will be along with um, a little bit of commentary on News of the Weird, as well as um, a little bit of a special treat about um, about 40 minutes from now or so. But uh, first, let's take a look at what's new at Low Bias Gaming, starting with um, we have two new episodes of Aladdin, I believe that's the Super Nintendo game, as well as two new episodes of Final Fantasy VII, uh, those are both from Jason. Uh, a couple of old um, playlists that were not listed on the website coming from me, uh, Pinbot and Donkey Kong Country 3. Um, we have Jason as well with uh, the last episode of Little King's Story, and four episodes of a new Let's Player as requested by Jade Farrow. Metal Gear for the MSX. Uh, have you played any MSX games? I have not, unfortunately, but they all sound amazing. Yeah, pretty good. It's some pretty good stuff going on over at Low Bias Gaming for your perusal, as well as I think only the one new soundtrack for Onimusha Warlords. Um, so, that's some stuff to um, consider over there. But, some stuff to consider over here as well and we're going to get started with a little bit of music. This is Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Into the Wilderness by Michko Narake. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And that song is from today's game from the archives. The Metal Demons, legendary destroyers of Philgea, are returning. Powerless, the Ancient Guardians call upon three to save their own, their once green world. A warrior who has the gunner's gift that many fear, a princess empowered by magic, and an enchanted teardrop, and a rogue who claims the sword is his word, but are his motives pure? This is Wild Arm, which is an RPG game for the PlayStation, developed by Media Vision, published by Sony, and released in 1996. A uh, game that kind of spawned a series that has some pretty good games to it, but not an overly well-known series. Uh, we have the first two games on the website, including, of course, the first Wild Arms, which is provided to us by Jade, with some co-commentary by Scarlet. Uh, 44 episodes, so not a light watch, but definitely worth the look.
ended abruptly. Uh, that was uh, Phoenix with Boss One from his EP One Up. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And speaking of weird, it is time for the news of the weird, and this is a special one. This this week we're revisiting some of the weirdest of the weird news we enjoyed in 2018. So usually I say I don't I do not read these stories ahead of time. In this case, well, can't really say that, but uh, I probably don't remember most of them, so at least there's that. Uh, this segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long, and uh, I am looking for something similar to News of the Weird, but not News of the Weird itself, as that's being done on Jason's podcast, Electric Leftovers. If you have any suggestions, uh, please let me know on uh, Twitter at SquareSim, S-Y-M. Are you ready, Blazewing? I am, absolutely. All right. Our lead story, Mystery Solved. On January 25th, 71-year-old Alan J. Abramson of Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, went for his regular pre-dawn walk to Starbucks. What happened on the way stumped police investigators until March, reported the Washington Post, and on July 13th, they made their findings public. Images from a surveillance camera show Abramson Abramson walking out of his community at 5.35 a.m., and about a half an hour later, the sound of a gunshot is heard. Just before 7 a.m., a dog found Abramson's body lying near a walking path. Police found no weapon, no signs of a struggle. He still had his wallet and phone. Investigators initially worked the case as a homicide, but as they dug deeper into the man's computer searches and purchases over the past nine years, a theory developed. Abramson had tied a gun to a weather balloon filled with helium, shot himself, and then the gun drifted away to parts unknown. A thin line of blood on Abramson's sweatshirt indicated to police that, quote, something with the approximate width of a string passed through the blood on the outside of the shirt, the final report says. As for the balloon, investigators said it would likely have ascended to about 100,000 feet and exploded somewhere north of the Bahamas in the Atlantic Ocean. Why isn't that looping? There we go. How's that for an up and a down? Yeah, no kidding. Um, it's it's an original concept, but um, one has to wonder. You know, despite the morbidity of the story itself, I have to say that's kind of ingenious. Like, that's right? absolutely hilarious. <laughs> All right, our next story: people different from us, and this is from February. Metro News reported on February 20th that travelers, quote, remained silent for 20 minutes while a fellow passenger on a Ural Airlines flight from Antalya, Turkey to Moscow used the air vent above her seat to dry a pair of underwear. (laughs) Witnesses reported that the woman showed no shame and that, quote, everyone was looking with interest and confusion. Debate raged later, however, after video of the woman was posted online with one commenter speculating that, quote, maybe the takeoff was sort of extreme, so now she has to dry those. I have absolutely no comment on that one. <laughs> I have a comment. That air is probably recirculated. Yep, uh, well, I mean, 
as far as I know with planes, generally yes. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Our next story, New World Order, and this is from, uh, actually from December 2017. Taisei Corp, a construction company based in Tokyo, announced in, in December 2017 that it would use autonomous drones called T-Friends to combat Kiroshi, or overwork death, reported the Independent. The drones hover over deaths of employees who have stayed at work too long and blast Auld Lang Syne, a tune commonly used in, in, in Japanese shops getting ready to close. A company statement said it will encourage employees who are present at the drone patrol time to leave, not only to promote employee health, but also to conduct internal security management. Experts are skeptical. Scott North, professor of sociology at Osaka University, told the BBC that, quote, to cut overtime hours, it is necessary to reduce workloads. I wish that... Uh I wish that was a thing here. I'm I, I'm not saying that, you know, having that song blasted in your face at the when it's time for you to leave to prevent overworking would be a good thing. But that's kinda cool at the same time. Like use of drones in the workplace. Yeah. Using music to signal when it's time to, for you to go home because you've literally been there too long. Especially in Japan, that tends to be more prevalent that um, people work themselves a little too hard. Absolutely. It's uh, it's not uncommon in uh, in years past for people to die from overworking hmm. all right our next story actually two stories yes wait what our first one is from january 2018 ikea told advertising in a whole new direction it took advertising in a whole new direction with its print ad for a crib the ad which appeared in the swedish magazine amelia invited women to think uh, who think they might be pregnant to urinate on the paper to reveal a discounted price Peeing on this ad may change your life, the ad read at the top of the page. If you are expecting, you will get a surprise right here in the ad. Adweek reported that the agency behind the gimmick adapted pregnancy test technology to work on a magazine page. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> no, I think we can leave that one alone. But that definitely fits under Wait What. And our second Wait What story from February... Police in Mainz, Germany, responded to an apartment building after cries were heard from within one unit early on February 17th, the Associated Press reported. When they arrived, officers found two men, the 58-year-old tenant and a 61-year-old visitor, quote, hopelessly locked up with a mannequin dressed as a knight and a large remote-controlled car. The men were too drunk to explain how they had become entangled, and one officer remarked that, quote, the whole thing would have remained a funny episode if the younger man had not become more than impolite. He now faces a charge of insulting officers. Sorry, insulting or assaulting? Insulting. Okay. Apparently that's the thing in Germany. Which, I mean, it... I mean, they were drunk, but that doesn't really excuse anything. Does that mean they found their their knight in shining armor? Like, I I want I feel like there's a pun in there somewhere that I sh somewhere that I should probably make, like a, a really bad joke, but it's, I just can't seem to find it. It, it does seem like a, like a joke should be hidden in that. Maybe it should stay hidden for humanity's sake. I don't know. <laughs> 
Our next story, Armed and Frustrated. Linda Jean Fawn, 69, of Goodyear, Arizona, finally succumbed to a frustration many wives suffer. On December 30th, 2017, as her husband sat on the toilet, she barged in and, quote, shot two bullets at the wall above his head to make him listen to me, she told Goodyear police when they were called to the scene. Fawn said her husband, quote, would have had to be 10 feet tall to be hit by the bullets. ABC 15 in Phoenix reported, but the officers estimated the bullets struck about 7 inches over the man's head as he ducked. She was charged with aggravated assault. The only jokes I can think of are not radio appropriate, so <laughs> I'm not going there. Yeah, let's, um, let's move on to our next story. News that sounds like a joke. Oh! these appear to be from early in 2018 which makes me think maybe there is going to be more of these but um or maybe this is going to be really long no it's not that long about the same length news that sounds like a joke in turkmenistan's capital asgabat drivers of black cars faced high costs to repaint their cards uh white or silver after president oh boy uh gurbanguly Bur- <laughs> Bertie Mukamadov, Bertie Mukamadov, there we go, uh, bl- banned black vehicles because he thinks the color white brings good luck. Police began seizing dark colored vehicles in late December 2017, and owners had to apply for permission to repaint and re register them. The, the average wage in Asgabat is about $300 a month, or 1,200 manats. One Turkman told Radio Free Europe that he was quoted 7,000 manats for a paint job, but was told that the price would rise within a week to 11,000 manats. Even if I don't spend any money anywhere, I will be forced to hand over pretty much my entire annual salary just to repaint, the unnamed man said, adding that his black car had already been impounded. Have any news on whether or not that loss, whether or not that uh, decrease stayed? Mm, no, not in here. One would have to probably look it up, and um, that's. Uh, I, I imagine if there had been an update to this, then it would probably say so here. Fair enough. But um, it's kind of the prime example of a power trip. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. <laughs> Oh, white is good luck, so let's ban black cars. Hmm. Great idea. Because Sorry, go ahead. Anyone can afford that, right? No. Interesting tidbit. Uh, white here in North America wasn't actually a thing until one of the royal weddings uh, about a century, century and a half back. Hmm. Victoria wore like a white dress to her wedding, and that started the whole white wedding dress thing. Kind of cool. Just a random tidbit I found, I found out about a day or so ago. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Our next story, just no words. Our next story, no. <laughs> Let's keep going, shall we? Oh, yes, this one. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you've heard about Barney the Dinosaur. I used to watch Barney when I was a kid. Don't remember much about him. Maybe you won't want to. If you've been wondering whatever happened to Barney the Dinosaur, the Daily Mail had the answer for you. David Joyner, 54, romped inside the big purple suit for 10 years on the 1990s Barney and Friends show on PBS. Today, he's a tantric sex guru in Los Angeles who says he can unite a client's body, mind, and spirit through tantric massage and unprotected sex. 
Yeah, I'm not. I, that mind blown. Like I have no <laughs> words. Childhood, uh, childhood memory defiled. Right. And it doesn't end there. Uh, Joyner credits his tantric training with helping him endure the 120 degree temperatures inside the Barney suit. That's Fahrenheit, by the way. While surprised, Stephen White, former head writer on the show, says said he sees Joyner's new vocation as the, quote, I love you, you love me deal, but different. I don't judge or anything, but that's a side of David I didn't know. Yeah, that's a side of him that I probably don't, that's probably all I want to know. <laughs> Our next story, compelling explanation. A woman claiming to be on a mission from God uh, led a Kentucky State Police trooper on a chase that speeds up to 120 miles an hour on February 10th, stopping only when another trooper pulled in front of her car. According to the Elizabethtown, Kentucky News Enterprise, Connie Lynn Allen, 52, of Goodlettsville, Tennessee, told officers she, that... Uh, she was Mother Mary en route to pick up baby Jesus and that God had given her permission to speed. She also stated that she had died six years ago. She was charged with several offenses and in, in is being and well was being held in Hardin County. Whether or not she's there at this point, well, who knows. That's almost as good as the guy who was caught speeding and decided to tell the cop that he was a reverse vampire and had to get home before the sunset. <laughs> That's, that's about on par with that, except maybe a little more sacrilegious. Um, and, uh, let's see. Two stories left. Our next story, want to get away? Would you like to get away? I'm always looking to get away. I am an avid traveler, actually. Oh, there you go. Let's see what these people are getting away to. Many citizens of the world are weary of the war and strife that seem to be consuming the news and nearly 300,000 of them have already signed up to put it all in the rearview mirror by becoming citizens of Asgardia. Uh, this coming soon colony on the moon is led by Igor Asherbeli. Asherbeli? Oh. A Russian engineer, a computer scientist, and businessman who was inaugurated as its leader on June 25th in Vienna. Asgardia's parliament plans to set up, quote, space arcs with artificial gravity in the next 10 to 15 years, where its projected 150 million citizens can live permanently. Reuters reported, and uh, Ashirbelli hopes settlement on the moon will be complete within 25 years. Asgardia is, of course, named after Asgard, a world in the sky in Norse mythology. Its leaders hope to attract a population from among the most creative in humanity, perhaps using IQ tests, according to Asher Belly. It's funny you should mention that, because I found out about Asgardia a while back, and I'm actually a bona fide citizen and total nerd because of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm an actual citizen of Asgardia, speaking of which I should probably go log in and update things, but uh, I've been keeping an eye on that and whatnot, and I'm really excited to see what comes of it, whether anything actually happens or not, but it's something that kind of fuels my imagination, so... Yeah, it is an interesting concept, and I never would have imagined that one of these stories would directly correlate to you. Yeah, like, surprise of all things. <laughs> and our last story is one about, of course, Florida Man. Hey, it's Florida. <laughs> Indian River County, Florida Sheriff's officers stopped Earl Stevens Jr., 69, on June 27th after another driver called 911 complaining that Stevens Mercury Grand Marquis kept tapping her bumper in a McDonald's drive through lane. The officers noted, quote, a strong odor of alcoholic beverage emitting from his breath. 
His speech was slurred and his eyes were red and glossy. He also had a bo an open bottle of Jim Beam bourbon in a uh, brown paper bag on the passenger seat. Stevens of Vero Beach struggled to produce his ID and said he's never had a valid Florida driver's license according to Treasure Coast newspapers. Stevens argued that he hadn't been drinking while driving, but when the officer asked where he had been drinking, Stevens said stop signs. I mean, that kind of fixes the problem of drinking and driving. Well, I'm, yeah, <laughs> not driving, but you're not allowed to operate a motor vehicle intoxicated, so... Yeah, well, after failing several field sobriety tests and a breath test, Stevens was charged with driving under the influence and driving without a license. That's entertaining. Yes. All right, so that is our news for today, and uh, on to the weather. And there is actually a special weather statement in effect for Halifax Metro and Halifax County West. Snow changing to rain expected overnight. Snow has developed across the mainland and will spread to Cape Breton this evening. The snow will change to ice pellets uh, through ice pellets or freezing rain to rain tonight, then to scattered, shower, uh, scattered showers Saturday morning. Fairly strong southerly winds accompanying the changeover to rain will cause temperatures to rise well above freezing overnight. General snowfall amounts of 5 to 10 centimeters are likely across most of the province. However, 10 to 15 centimeters are possible over eastern portions of the province before the changeover. Rainfall warnings are in effect for extreme southwestern Nova Scotia where up to 30 millimeters are expected. Elsewhere, between 10 and 20 millimeters are expected. There is also potential for several hours of freezing rain or ice pellets between the changeover from snow to rain tonight. Travel could be significantly impacted in some areas of the province. So if you are on the street, do be careful. It is going to get a lot messier than it is now. Please drive safe. Yes, absolutely. It is currently minus 7 degrees in Halifax with a wind chill of minus 13, uh, going up to a low of zero and rain tonight, as previously stated. Saturday, December 29th, a chance of showers 6% and a high of plus 8, going down to a low of minus 10 and chance of flurries or rain showers at night, 60%. Sunday, December 30th, sunny skies and a high of minus 6, going down to a low of minus 9 and clear skies at night. Monday, December 31st, sunny skies and a high of minus 4, going down to a low of minus 4 and, well, staying at a low of minus 4, I suppose, and periods of snow overnight. Tuesday, January 1st, 2019, guys, it's almost there. Uh, snow or rain and a high of 4 going down to a low of minus 2 and 30% chance of showers. Wednesday, January 2nd, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of minus 1 going down to a low of minus 6 and cloudy periods at night. And Thursday, January 3rd, a high of minus 3 and 60% chance of flurries. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get some more music going, shall we?
And that was uh, Andy slash Al slash Cosine with Lupit C64 Ever. See what they did there? Oh, man. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And it is time for gaming next month. Yes, it is the last Friday of the month, and in fact, the last Friday of the year. So let's take a look at the new video game releases coming out in January of 2019, starting with on January 11th, we have three new releases, including Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story for the 3DS as well as new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe for the Switch, and Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, January 15th brings us one new release, Onimusha Warlords, for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, January 18th, Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown for the PS4 and Xbox One, and Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes on the Switch. A lot of Switch releases, well, a lot of Nintendo releases in general in this list, actually. Normally, it's the least represented console, but yeah, nice to see him on there. Uh, Resident Evil 2 is being re-released for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC on January 25th. And on January 29th, Kingdom Hearts 3 for the PS4 and Xbox One. Bit of a short list, but... Um, we, uh, we all need some time to allow our um, our pocketbooks to uh, replenish a little bit after the holiday season. So I'm looking at the list for February and it's already fairly long. It's probably just going to get longer. Of course, you can go to GameInformer.com for any updates on that list as they come up. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. Let's get some more music.
That was R.R. Thiel featuring DPC with FCP4 Shaft. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. All right. So as previously mentioned, uh, I am joined today by Blaze Wing, who has been uh, providing commentary through the news of the weird. It's been fun. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Excellent. All right. And um, now there is another reason why you're here. And um, you're here to talk to talk to us about some uh, various haunted locations. I thought I was here for winning lottery tickets. Uh, there, well, there's no lottery that happens at CKU. I don't uh, know. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I get my wires crossed. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, I do actually have some <laughs> things to discuss here. Um, I awesome. was uh, looking through my archives and I found a couple of different locations around. Well, two of them are from Halifax, and then one of them is from Amherst, actually. Uh, just make All sure right. I got the right articles up here. But the first one, for those of you that live in Halifax, you may know of St. Paul's Anglican Church. Uh, it sits down in the Grand Parade there. It's uh, that little okay. church kind of in the in the square. All right. And there's um, there's a story that's been going around about that since I think it was the Halifax explosion. There was a priest or a bishop was standing in one of the upper windows when the explosion hit, and when it knocked the windows out, um, the glass cracked in such a way that it showed his outline in the glass. And yeah. now, apparently, every time they replace the glass, the window cracks in exactly the same spots. Wow. Yeah. So that that's something that I, that's kind of a story that I've been hearing since I was a child. And it's just kind of blown my mind. That, that is kind of an uncanny thing. It's like, one, one time might be coincidence, but if it keeps happening, then uh can't really pin that on coincidence anymore there's also the witch's window and i can't remember exactly where it is but it's in one of the houses it's in a house uh near downtown if i remember correctly and it's been a while since i've been since i've been told this legend but apparently somebody was peeking through a window they shouldn't have been and Ooh. observed some things that they shouldn't have i don't know if it was uh if it was a um an occult thing or not but apparently the window turned black when they saw something they shouldn't have. And now no matter how many times they repaint the windowsill, the window turns black. At least that's the rumor going around. Hmm. Uh, another one from Halifax. Uh, the Five Fishermen is actually a fairly haunted location. Or it's supposed to be one of the most haunted locations in Nova Scotia. Ooh. And this comes from actually history, fivefishermen.com. Um, many of the staff of the Five Fishermen... Uh, are used to odd occurrences so they don't even bat an eye when a glass flies off a shelf with no one near or when cutlery flies off uh, the table and falls to the floor by itself there are many sinks in this building and with so many sinks come so many taps and Hmm. apparently some of these taps like to turn themselves on and off without human assistance one server actually related a story about there being uh, about being there late at night and he was sure he was the only one left in the dining room well, as he was checking the lights near the salad bar, he heard someone go through the swinging doors leading to the kitchen. He turned around, or sorry, he turned quickly enough to see the doors shut, but on further inspection, he actually didn't find anybody else in the building. Hmm. Uh, waitress tells a story of being there late at night, and as she nears the grand stairwell that leads down to the maitre d' stand, 
She saw a gray apparition, a fog-like mass moving down the staircase, and she apparently chose not to stick around for too long. Yeah, that that tends to be the type of thing that's like, nope, not JPG. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, many staff members can uh, can relate apparently the feeling of passing through cold air pockets on some of the warmest nights that have that have been, or the sensation of what it feels like to, uh, what most people uh, assume it would feel like to have a spirit move through you. And it's not uncommon to hear voices, especially your name being whispered or even called out when there's no one around. Okay, that's um, I, that that's unsettling. Uh, in behind the Salabar, the Five Fisherman has a private room called the Captain's Quarters, commonly referred to as the PR by staff who work there. PR. What, yeah, I have no idea. It doesn't explain what PR stands for. Uh, I would assume it probably stands for like private room or something like that. Mm. Um, one night after all the customers had left, a waiter passed the PR and heard two people arguing. The voices of a man and a woman, apparently. And when he went to investigate the commotion, the voices stopped. The Captain's Quarters were empty. On another occasion, a server in the last building was locking the door and he was turning the lights out. Uh, sorry, she was turning the lights out. When she approached the PR, she noticed someone enter it. Relieved that she had not locked the sole remaining customer into the building for the night, she entered the captain's quarters, checked it thoroughly, and found a completely empty room. Hmm. So these are like all documented experiences that... If you weren't... Like, there's a whole list of them here. And if you weren't expecting it, if you didn't know the history... Like it's something, it's a really fascinating read and you can actually find it at uh, fivefisherman.com slash history. The, nice. uh, the other one that I have for you is the Great Amherst Mystery. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not. No, okay. I've, I haven't heard of that one. Uh, so this is a book that I read as a child. Um, and I've actually just got uh, just got a basic description of it here. Wikipedia, you know, not not the most reliable source for information, but it'll it'll do on the fly. Yeah. Um, the Great Amherst Mystery centered on Esther uh, Esther Cox, who lived in a small house with her married sister Olive Teed, Olive's husband Daniel, and their two young children. A brother and sister of Esther and Olive also lived in the house, as did Daniel's brother John Teed. According to Hubble's account, events began. At the end of August 1878, after Esther Cox, then aged 18, was subjected to an attempted sexual assault by a male friend. This left her in great distress, and shortly after this, uh, this the physical phenomena began. There were knockings, bangings, and rustings in, uh, rustlings in the night, and Esther herself began to suffer seizures in which her body visibly swelled, and she became fe feverish and chilled by turns. Basically, in turn, one after the other. Hmm. That's when the objects in the house started taking flight. The frightened oh. family called in a doctor, and during his visit, bedclothes moved, scratching noises were heard, and the words Esther Cox, you are mine to kill, apparently appeared on the wall by the head of Esther's bed. The following day, the doctor administered sedatives to Esther to calm her and help her sleep, and there were more noises and flying objects that manifested. Attempts to communicate with the, quote, spirit resulted in, tap, uh, resulted in tapped responses to questions. The phenomena continued for some months and became well-known locally. Visitors to the cottage, including clergymen, heard banging and knocking and witnessed moving objects, often when Esther herself was under close observation. In December, Esther fell ill with diphtheria. No phenomena were observed during the two weeks she spent in bed, nor during the time she spent recuperating afterwards at the home of a married sister in Sackville, New Brunswick. However, when she returned to Amherst, the mysterious events began again, this time involving the outbreak of fires in various places in the house. 
Esther, uh, Esther herself now claimed to see the ghost, which threatened to burn the house down unless she left. Lovely. Yeah, so this is a house that it, it's had multiple paranormal experiences in it. Yeah, no and kidding. It's absolutely, it, it was apparently absolutely horrific. But the house has been since knocked down from what I understand. And to this day, nothing will grow on that land. It's literally, it's literally just... It's barren, completely and utterly barren. In in my opinion, though, knocking down a haunted house seems like a bad idea. And then then you're just kind of releasing that to who knows where. And right? yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's absolutely stunning. Stuff like this grab my imagination. It grabs my, uh, it, it invokes a sense of curiosity within me. I think, and mm -hmm. uh, that's part of the reason, I guess, why I travel so much is I kind of want to check spots like this out and you know see what's up with them. Yeah. Um, but I also, well, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the aspect, uh, the whole thing of going to find new places. But absolutely. Um, anyways, in 1879, Esther moved in with another local family. The manifestations around her continued and were witnessed by multiple people, some of who have conversed with the ghost by questioning and uh, by questioning and wrapped answer method. Some were curious and sympathetic. Uh, others believe Esther herself to be responsible for the phenomena, and she met with some hostility, some hostility locally. Esther was frequently slapped, pricked, and scratched by the ghost, and on occasion was stabbed in the back with a clasp knife. Interest in the case grew as news spread, and in late March, Esther spent some time in St. John, New Brunswick, where she was investigated by some local gentlemen with an interest in science. By now, several distinct spirits were apparently associated with Esther and communicating with onlookers via knocks and rappings. Bob Nickel is what they apparently called the original ghost, claimed to have been a shoemaker in life, and others identified themselves as Peter Cox, a relative of Esther's and Maggie Fisher. After the visit to St. John, Esther spent some time with the Van Ambergs, friends with a peaceful farm near Amherst, and then returned to the Teeds Cottage in the summer of 1879, whereupon the phenomena broke out again. It was at this point that Walter Hubble arrived, attra uh, attracted by the publicity surrounding the case, and moved into the Teed Cottage as a lodger to investigate the phenomena. Hmm. So. See, that that's kind of the, the thing that... Um the thing that, that I was kind of get, getting to is like, the house isn't there, so the spirit has to go somewhere, and it seems logical that it would just follow Esther, right? Yeah, um, and I mean, from what I understand, ghosts have been known to follow those that they feel attachment to. It's not just about places, but about people as well. But we don't have any actual scientific proof of that, from what I understand. Hmm. Well, it's... I would imagine it's something that's kind of hard for science to kind of fully explain, really. Yeah. Um, so, again, just something I find fairly interesting. Um, I'm assuming we have a we ha we have a few more minutes. Yes. Okay. Um, I actually took a trip recently. Um, so, as as I explained, I like to travel, and one of the things that I got to experience recently was Aokigahara in. Uh, Japan at the base of Mount Fuji. Really? Um, so it's actually the number one spot for ritual suicide in Japan, and it's the number two spot for people to commit suicide in the world. And I had a the unfortunate incident where I actually got lost in the forest for an hour. I wasn't sure whether or oh. not I was going to make it out. But it was an experience that 
you know, I'm glad I had. It's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Oh, for sure. But it's deathly silent in that forest. You're walking through. It's literally just you and your footsteps. There are no animals. There are no sounds. The rain, the wind, that's it. Wow. And it is absolutely astounding, uh, the beauty that that forest holds. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, it's it sounds like a super, like, creepy place to be. But then again, like, I, I'm kind of the type of person that if, if the uh, power goes out and, you know, it's not minus a million degrees outside then you know go take a walk while it's completely dark me being naturally who i am decided to go hiking during the tail end of a typhoon so some of my electronics didn't survive but oh. it it's just it was a surreal and spiritual experience i don't know how else to explain it like yeah i imagine that really can't compare to any comment that I, that uh, i could possibly make <laughs> um I, I, I'm not sure. It's just, I had the feeling while I was there that something was watching me, I guess. Hmm. But, you know, we didn't see anything. We didn't see uh, any bodies or anything like that. But it just, again, it, it spoke to my soul. And it was an experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, we still have about two or three minutes i don't know if you have anything else to um so i had five things open that i wanted to talk about and unfortunately my computer seems to have eaten three of those way to go chrome right so yeah i i use chrome and it ate two or three of my tabs so i basically had to pull stuff out last minute and <laughs> unfortunately being not being from here um, I don't have cell phone, or I don't have data on my phone, so I can't yeah. pull up stuff. Um, I'm looking at uh, at Wikipedia at the moment. Um, apparently, Acadia University in Wolfville is uh, a thing. Uh, and the short description here is an apparitional Baptist girl who found out about her pregnancy in the 19th century hanged herself in the well, a large open area on the second floor surrounded by banisters and under a skylight. Her ghost is most often seen by faculty staff members on the back stairwell at Seminary's House campus. Other paranormal activities are people having strange visions of this location, lights to turn on and off by themselves, as well as doors opening and closing on their own, light, anomal light anomalies, disembodied voices, objects moving by themselves, and strange unexplained noises. That's insane. <laughs> you haven't heard of that one? Uh, in passing, but I, again, my information is kind of lacking on it, yeah. unfortunately. I mean, the, there are really so many of these that um, just kind of happen and there's... The only explanation is something happened and since then everything has been kind of weird around there. I know in Banff Springs Hotel, so I'm from Alberta, actually. I, I used to live in Halifax, but uh, I, I moved to Alberta in 2009, and I've been gathering kind of bits and pieces of knowledge, and apparently the Banff Springs Hotel is supposed to have a room in it that's been completely sealed off because of a lot of the incidents that have happened there. It's one of those things that they decided they'd rather just close off the room rather than subject somebody else to that. Yeah, I'm seeing that here, Bre uh, Banff. Banff Springs Hotel, an anonymous young bride and a deceased bellman reportedly haunt this hotel. 
There's also a... Uh, Actually, um, I'm going to stop there because otherwise we... I mean, we could be on this for quite some time, but we only have an hour for this show. Nice. Um, before we move on to the last song, uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so I'm on Facebook at Blazin the Trails. So that's B-L-A-Z-E-I-N, The Trails. They can find me on Twitter at Blazewing2010, and they can find me on my brand new, just launched today website, blazewing.ca. It just got a complete makeover, so feel free to go check that out. Awesome. All right, so that has been uh, Blazewing Firebird here with some haunted locations for us, and let's get some more music. You are listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
And that was Zino with Bonga Jungla from his album Game Jaw Boy. And that brings an end to our final episode of the year. But no worries, I will be back, of course, next week and all next year as well um, with uh, the Level Up 2019 episode um, that was regularly scheduled for today. But I would rather have a guest in the studio over anything else any day. So um, you had fun? I had a blast. Excellent. Well, um, I would like to thank Blazewing for taking the time to be on today's show. And you can check out her projects, including Bra- uh, Blazing the Trails, over at, at Blazewing2010 on Twitter. And as uh, she has mentioned, Blazewing.ca. And uh, that's going to be it for the episode. So it's time for the end credits, as I usually do. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Weird is written by the editors at Andrews McMeal Syndication, newsoftheweird.com. Gaming Next Month is powered by Game Informer, gameinformer.com. Segment music composed by Format, Madame Namiki, Noriki Kimikura, Simon Woodington, Sean Daly, Whalebone, Ann, and Snare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by The Witching Hour at 7 p.m. and at 8 p.m. Anything goes with CKDU surprise. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. There's also a podcast version of this show. It's available on lowbiasgaming.net slash squaresim or just search for Square Wave Symphony, Square Waves One Ward on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere that you find your podcasts. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio, if you don't know, along with Blazewing Firebird. And I'll see you guys next time. Have a safe and happy New Year's celebration, people. <laughs>